2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile,
1: the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
3: Good Tuesday afternoon, and welcome into Grant and Danny. You are listening live to 1067 The Fan We've got a great show for you today, including at 3.20, in an hour and 20 minutes, we'll be joined on the phone by Adam Peters, the general manager of the Washington Commanders. So please spread the word, get the word out, send a text in the Commanders group chat that you're in, let your buddies know. Tune in to 106.7 if they're in the car uh, over the air, or they can listen on the Odyssey app or online. Adam Peters today, Danny, at 320 right here on the fan. That's the – I have to pitch myself every time.
0: That's your general manager of your Washington Local 53. See, for years, Grant, they didn't have one. And one time they tried it. They had back-to-back winning seasons, and then that was too much for them, so they got rid of that guy. But for the most part, they don't really do the general manager thing or hadn't really for – I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Decades. A general manager from one of the best organizations – in fact frankly several good organizations with this pedigree he's here and he's in charge of stuff that is such a breath of fresh air it is so delightful and he's a dreamboat i can't wait to talk to him
3: yeah there's an over under online a couple of people have tweeted me on the number of times the word handsome is used during the interview yep. it's been set at three and a half so i don't know if there's a there's a betting market out there If you want to get on the over or the under but three and a half is the number of times the word handsome could be used but In addition to telling him that he's good-looking, we will actually ask all of the questions that you guys want to ask. There are some tough questions, I think, we got to bring up with him. As far as the coaching search went, it's now in the rearview mirror. As far as what lies ahead in the draft, we'll see how candid he wants to be, how much intel he's willing to provide. But very, very excited to be able to bring you that interview exclusively on the radio in town today right here on Grant and Danny as he's been out at the Combine, uh, met with the national, the local media, and now we'll get our crack at him here. On GND coming up at 3.20. Uh, going through the top storylines of the day. You just heard Earl mention this in the update. The Capitals play the Red Wings tonight. I cannot stress how big of a deal this game is tonight. And unfortunately for Washington, they're even more banged up. Rasmus Sandin finished the game last night, but looked like he jammed his wrist or his hand. This team is just a walking wounded at this point. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. They are playing a rested Detroit team that didn't play yesterday that's won five in a row and has points in eight of its last ten. So, doesn't bode all that well. But, man, would it be huge to steal a couple of points in Detroit this evening for the Capitals. They are seven points back of the Red Wings in the playoff chase. The way that the playoffs work, the top three teams in both divisions in the conference get in. So, Danny, in the East, you've got the Metro, where the Caps are, and then the Atlantic. So right now, Boston, Florida, and Toronto are in as the top three teams in the Atlantic. In the Metro, the Caps are chasing down the Rangers, Hurricanes, and Flyers. The good news is after last night, the Caps are only four points back of Philly, and they have two games in hand, so they get to play two more times. So they're in an effective tie if they handle their business and they control their own destiny, which is great. But you can also win your way in via two wild cards, which is actually more competitive because it involves the other division. Mm-hmm. So, in the wild card right now, Detroit and Tampa Bay, both from that Atlantic division, are ahead of the caps. They have 70 and 69 points. The Capitals have 63. So, if they can get a regulation win tonight, they'll be within five points of the top wild card spot. If you go to overtime, good news for Washington, you get a point in a pretty ominous matchup. But the bad news is. One game further into the season, you've now not gained any ground on Detroit. So, this is such a huge game tonight. I'm really, really excited about it. We'll get to your preview and your power play as we get closer.
0: No, that was a fun one last night. Pretty much, if you got a jersey, you got a goal. That's what it felt like against Ottawa. Six goals. Up and down game. Uh, That was uh, not something that I think they're going to major in over the course of the season. Although, lately, the the floodgates seem to have opened a little bit. And they've had some pretty big goal totals. But I don't think that's going to be the norm.
3: Did you see... How many capitals were in that pile of bodies after Beck Malenstein's goal? It was wild. Did you count them? I didn't. What was the full number? Well, there were three guys that involved in the goal. Yeah. And then there was a defenseman who skated over. Yeah. And then there was a portly fellow with a hoodie who was separated only by glass, wrapping his arms right around the legs. Who was that? Have you seen the video? Who was it? If you want to see it, you can go check it out. It's at Grant H. Paulson. I wonder who it was. Play a little Where's Waldo. Just see. Just a couple of guys who worked really hard for a goal, all celebrated. Everybody was equally involved. Just a big hug. And I I was like, literally, my arms were spread like I was involved. It was really embarrassing looking at it. But check the video out. I love it. It's on my story Mm. at Grant H. Paulson right now. The Nationals are playing spring training baseball as we speak. They're taking on the Astros today. They're pummeling Houston right now. The kids, man. The kids. The kids are scrapping. James Wood. Base hitting a walk in his two plate appearances. He is four for seven. He's creeping up on now ten plate appearances in the spring without a single strikeout. The guy looks like he's a, a big leaguer. Uh, now, he has not yet faced a whole lot of, like, major league studs. I'm looking forward to some of those matchups. But today he went down 0-2 to Jose Architi, who pitched at Nats Park in the World Series a few uh, years shoved. ago. He, he is a mainstay in the Astros rotation. And an 0-2 pitch for James Wood, right back up the box. Good approach. Uh, he looks very calm, very comfortable. And maybe equally as exciting for me, Robert Hassel just hit an opposite field multiple run homer right before we went on the air. It was a 5 nothing game. He made it 7 nothing. Robert Hassel hit nine homers in like 370 at-bats last year. Uh, excuse me, 470 at-bats last year in the minor leagues. The power was nowhere to be found. It was a big part of kind of his regression in prospect rankings. Mm-hmm. He's got two bolts in three games. It's noteworthy. He is swinging a pretty hot stick to get started here, and that was not a cheapy. Like he, he barreled a ball into the left field bullpen at uh, West Palm Beach. So, so far, so good for Robert Hassel as well. Dylan Cruz had a two-run knock today, the number two overall pick last year. If you're a fan of the young nationals in this minor league system, Man, has this been an exciting few days.
0: It's just a wonderful opening glimpse, right? None of those guys are going to start at the major league level, you don't think. And they're working their way up. They've still got plenty of growth. But that's the whole point of this. The whole point of this season is future seasons, right? All the guys that are up at the big league level getting their feet wet, establishing themselves as major leaguers. Josiah Gray, all-star last year. But the C.J. Abramses, the Mackenzie Gores, uh, hopefully Kate Cavalli sooner rather than later. But then you start to look at it and you go, well, look at these kids that are playing at, quote-unquote, the major league level here in spring training and showing that they belong. They don't belong in the majors just yet, probably, as 162-game starters and stalwarts. They're still growing, but it's easy to to, to dream on the not-too-distant future. I love that.
3: We're going to be in West Palm Beach in just a few days. Indeed, sir. The weather looks warm. It looks beautiful. We will be flying out on Saturday. We will be there through Wednesday. You guys will hear our shows from West Palm Beach, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday next week. I got to tell you that it's not going to be all baseball, obviously. There's a lot going on in the NFL. There's a lot going on in the sports world. But we're going to give you immense Nats coverage. We're going to sit down with a bunch of the youngsters and the stars with this team that people are interested in. You'll hear from Davey and Rizzo and the whole group. So uh, we got you covered here on Grant and Danny next week from Florida. Uh, Tonight, the Wizards are in action. The Warriors are in town. This is one of those marquee, tough ticket to get games mm-hmm. every year. Where we got
0: some friends that are going, and they're and wearing Steph stuff. Of course
3: they are. <laughs> yeah, not quite what it was a handful of years ago for a few reasons. I think number one, I don't know that there's such a thing as a really hard Wizards ticket to get anymore. Maybe if Den, you know, when Denver came with Joker, but even still, I think you can get in for a little over fifty bucks tonight. So that- it's not bad. Uh, but the Warriors are just not that great. They're twenty nine and twenty seven like they are no longer at the peak of their powers either from when they were right. a threat to win every single year. Plays coming off the bench now. It's not it's not the same. It's not. But it's still cool to see Golden State and you got a cool storyline with Jordan Poole and Draymond Green playing against each other for the first time, remember when the Wiz went out there earlier in the year and Poole tried to throw a pool party. Uh, it didn't go very well. No. But Draymond Green did not play in that game. So they'll be on the floor together tonight competing Warriors at the Wiz, 7 o'clock tip at Cap One Arena.
0: Looking for that pesky double-digit win. Wizards, one of two teams, along with the Detroit Pistons, that don't have double-digit wins on the season yet. One of two teams in the association. It's not the
3: best year to pick number one. Nope, it's not. Last year would have been so much better. Would have been way better. Have you been watching Wemby at all? Sure have. You see what he did the other night? Sure did. This guy was the youngest player ever to have like a... What are we going to call a quintuple, double, triple, double, quint? He had five of everything with five or more. So it was like points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, Mm -hmm. just turning all the faders up. He's getting very comfortable all of a sudden. Early on, I'm not saying he was disappointing. I don't think that was ever the case. There was some acclamation, But he was like getting his feet wet, and he was just kind of learning his way. And you go, how good has he really been? Now all of a sudden you look up, Victor Wembanyama is averaging 20 and 10. Like as quiet as his rookie season has been compared to maybe expectations. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists on a really bad team, but he's starting every single game now to do really incredible stuff. Among the league leaders in blocks has had at least 5 and 3 straight
0: games had a 10 block game uh last week. Um is doing again this, this San Antonio is a terrible team and nobody we're not breaking down the Spurs here I promise you, but he didn't really – he was sort of floating around, not really sure. They weren't really sure how to get him the basketball. Like, they don't have a point guard really on the an roster. I idea. Call
3: on me. Go. Hand it to him and then get out and of the way. And then get out of the
0: damn way. That's kind of what started to happen is more and more he's been trusted. The minutes restriction, by the way, has been lifted. He now plays just over 30 a night on average. So that's helped him a little bit more to stay in rhythm. But he's special. They Like, I don't want to say it better than this. They just don't make people like this. There's nobody that's that tall that's that fluid. It looks like he's in slow motion because he's seven a million, but he covers so much ground with those long strides. He's, again, just it's effortless a lot of the stuff that he does, so it makes it look like he's not really – Going that faster looks like he doesn't. I don't want to say it looks. It looks like he doesn't care, but he clearly does. But it's just this. It's this glide around that he covers all the space and blocks your shot and yeah. gets out and
3: runs and hits shot. He's amazing. I don't even know if he's a good shot blocker. I just know he blocks the most shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just by being that tall yeah. and that long, he gets his hand on a lot. Uh, but 27 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, five steals, and five blocks for him. Uh, going back a couple games ago at the Lakers was the the box score that stood out to me. But uh, he's really starting to turn it on a little bit. Uh, Let's get into the NFL and the Commanders. As we mentioned, Adam Peters is on the show today at 320. He'll be joining us from Indianapolis, where he's at the NFL Combine. We told you there'd be a lot of news coming out of the NFL because GMs and coaches are talking at the podium all week long. But on top of that, you got all the media and all the NFL people in one city. They're going out to the bars. They're drinking. They're having a good time. So there's also going to be rumors and all kinds of stuff floating around. Here are your non-commanders' most notable items of the day. Ryan Pohl spoke today, the GM of the Chicago Bears. He made it very clear, Danny. Mm -hmm. We're going to know what the Bears are doing at quarterback in the next couple of weeks. He said that they want to do right by Justin Fields. And he said today that if they're going to draft Caleb Williams or another quarterback at number one overall, that they will trade Justin Fields before the start of free agency, essentially, because his point is it would not be fair to Justin Fields or whoever we're drafting if he's still on our roster into their era after their draft. So he didn't really tip his hand necessarily either way. They could still be rolling with Fields, I guess, hypothetically. Obviously, they could still take a quarterback at number one. You know where I come down on this. I've long thought they were taking Caleb Williams and any other conversation as much ado about nothing. But it sounds like we're going to have resolution in the next couple of weeks, which is a massive. It's it's the clarifier. first domino that
0: has to fall for everybody. Right? And it's
3: huge for Washington, yes. too, because if they trade Justin Fields ahead of the start of free agency, which is only two and a half or whatever it is weeks away, mm-hmm. I think March 11th. Well, now they're also then not trading the number one pick, probably. I guess you can't say that 100%. But it would be very surprising then they could come back to two or three and take one of the big three. Mm -hmm. But they're probably staying put. So now the pivot point, the draft kind of starts with Washington at two. Exactly. And everyone that wants to come up, if you want someone other than Caleb Williams, you now have to call the commander. So this could actually be a huge development if and when, and I think it's when, not if
0: it's the first degree of certainty in this whole process that that is necessarily uncertain. Right. So for the sake of argument, again, we're all dealing hypotheticals. This is, we are officially in silly season. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has something to gain or lose by every leak, every rumor, every unsubstantiated claim about who's rising and falling down boards, who failed this test, who doesn't look good here. What, you know, all these reports should be all be taken with a grain of salt and you look for who benefits. But from Washington's perspective, say for the sake of argument that they've got their heart set on Drake May. Let's say they love Drake May and and it's not just, they love Drake May at two. They love Drake May period. That's their dude. Let's say for whatever reason, Chicago goes, that's who we like. We're taking Drake May. Number one. Now Washington is in a position to go, you know, we don't really care about these other two guys. We'll take one, but we don't want to do it right here at number two. Somebody that wants to come up. Now all of a sudden trade possibilities happen right? That's if they that one scenario they have their heart set on one guy or if their heart sets on Caleb Williams and they they can't move up and they're willing to move back. All that we know right now is that we think on paper Chicago is very likely to trade Justin Fields at a draft pick. We don't know if there's some absurd offer coming in that you'd be foolish to refuse. You've got first round picks in the top five in all likelihood for the next two seasons and more picks after that and it's more than the Herschel Walker, Ricky Williams deal squared. That could of course change things. But that first domino to fall for the certainty part of this draft or to make something certain and concrete is going to happen here within the next couple of weeks.
3: I Look, I I know I'm speculating, right? And I, I know that he didn't say what they're doing. I just find it impossible to imagine that they will trade the draft pick within the next couple of weeks. If you're trading the pick, then you've got to go all the way up to the draft. So you you basically went on record, if you're Ryan Poles today, to say that if we don't trade Justin Fields by the start of free agency or early on in free agency, we're eventually going to trade our draft pick. Because he said we don't want to have both guys on the roster. We don't want Justin Fields here and a new quarterback. He basically pointed out if we're going that route, we got to get rid of Fields and give the kid the best chance and do right by Fields. So all signs are pointing toward Fields for probably a second and something. Maybe it's a you know two-thirds or mm-hmm. whatever they're going to get. You also want at least one of those picks if you're getting multiple picks back in this year's draft. All the more reason that you're going to want to make that deal as soon as possible. Uh, but speaking of general managers, Adam Peters spoke today to the media. They asked him a bunch of questions. We'll be able to get more depth and go a little deeper with him when he joins us next hour on Grant and Danny, but I wanted to start the show, Danny, with seeing what our listeners wanted us to ask Adam Peters. I know you're interested to hear. Yeah. We got a lot of questions we've written down collectively as a show, but if you got to ask Peters one question today, what would it be? What do you want to know? And what what do you hope that we ask? What do you want us to ask? What we are crowdsourcing for our interview. We can open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines on this next. At 800-636-1067, that's 800-636-1067, Peter's at 320 today, what should we ask him?
0: We just got started, Ben, so we haven't even had discussions yet as the staff with that. Uh, Obviously, it's the most important position on the field, and we're going to put a lot of time into it, but as of now, we haven't even gotten started on that one.
3: I was Adam Peters when he introduced Dan Quinn as a head coach looking ahead to his offseason plans? A lot has happened since then. They're working 15 hours plus a day to get to a point where they're ready for the combine, which kicked off today. And eventually, free agency just a couple of weeks away. We're going to talk to Adam Peters coming up at 3.20. What do you want us to ask the general manager of the commanders? 800-636-1067 to try to pitch a question to us to add to our list to hit with him when he joins the show next hour. Uh, You can also tweet us. I'm at Grant H. Paulson. Danny's at Funny Danny. Somebody told me they want me to ask about if the name's going to be changed not the guy. That's not a Peters question. Ownership? If Josh Harris is coming on the show and maybe that'll happen soon, we'll ask him. If Jason Wright's coming on the show, would love to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. Adam Peters is here to pick football players, man. Yeah. This is the football ops, this is the general manager, so just not the right guy. Danny, what's your question that you will be sad if you don't get to? There's a number of things that I could
0: take. Here's the one I got to know. And I don't I don't some fans don't care about this and some fans do. Marty Herney, Martin Mayhew. They're still here from a regime that was really bad. And they were instrumental by all accounts for a group with a pretty bad track record. What are they doing here?
3: What's the deal there? I like both of those. Yeah. I'm going to go. For me, it's a lot of quarterback stuff. I'll be honest. And I just don't know how candid or how much he's going to say. But how could you not take a quarterback at two, sir? That that's kind of where it's going to begin. Like six different ways. If you're doing that, right? We could talk Sam Howell. We could talk about the trade value. Is it a consideration? Possibility of trading up and back. But really, for me, it's a lot of quarterback stuff. I'm also interested in the relationship with uh with Josh Harris. You know, to your point on on the dynamics in the front office that we were talking about. You, you got an owner who is doing this thing for the first time now, with his hands in the mix this year. How often are you talking about him? What are those? You know, talking mm-hmm. with him rather. What are those conversations like? Uh, Let's go to the phones. Kevin is in Arlington on Grant and Danny. Kevin, what do you want us to ask, buddy?
1: Hey, fellas. Well, first of all, about that Portly guy in the video, just remember, Grant, we're all caps.
3: This is true. All all in it together. Uh, Just me and a few of my pals celebrating our hard work.
1: And just one more thing real quick on that. I know it's not a cap segment, but I hope
3: you guys, as long as we're in playoff contention,
1: you guys talk more caps than just about anyone on the station. More caps, please, because there's a lot happening. They're in transition. It's exciting. Okay. Adam Peters. Danny already asked the Marty Party question I was contemplating. I have a related one. He said this morning, we plan to be more of a draft and develop team than a free agency team. Got it. Understand. That's better in terms of cap management. What the heck are you going to do, Adam. With the team that historically is the worst at drafting and developing, and you've retained two of the executives. You have hired an assistant GM, but similar to evaluating players and coaches, are you evaluating your scouts? Can we expect to see potentially some staffing changes, some new scouts after the draft? Really hammer him on that, boys. We need to get as much as he'll tell us on what's his vision to become a drafting, and develop team because we aren't there, and he himself can't do it
3: alone. So I, I want to dive in to your point on the current scouting staff that's in place, how you can—what's the best way to put this? Like, drill them, uh, reshape their image. They quite literally have been trying to draft players to fit something that is no longer what their task is. So now Adam Peters' job, in a really short time—think about this— Whatever Rivera and the Martys wanted out of their players and scheme, and here's what Jack Del Rio's defense is about. Mm-hmm. It's now Joe Witt's defense. Now this is what we want out of an Eric bien wide receiver. Now it's a Cliff Kingsbury wide receiver. It's completely different. So you can't swap out an entire scouting department right now. You are quite literally 85% probably of the work has been done. and The hay is in the barn, so these guys are sticking it out through the end of the year, but how do you make sure they see it how you see it? I absolutely want to get to that with him. I think it is one of the storylines of this offseason because they have to get this draft right. They have
0: to. Yeah, and it's underrated, too, in terms of you just go, well, this guy's the number four prospect, so you draft the number four prospect. Not necessarily. Does it fit a 3-4 better? Is he a stand-up edge that you have to take off the
3: field on running downs? How much of that is there, too, Danny, where he was the number four prospect, to your point, two months ago. Yeah. But now he might be your number nine prospect. You know, if, if you're offense, I'm just making this up. But, like, if you're going from whatever they were running before and mm-hmm. now this guy's just not as much a fit. You you know, Kingsbury's like, I don't care about breaks in and out on this. I'm looking for this. And the guy that you love doesn't fit that anymore. Like, how much does your board have to change? Totally. And, and again,
0: this is one of those, Do you do you take the best football player, quote-unquote, the guy with the highest grades, On on average, whether you know, regardless of sort of attributes, and I know this is all getting down into the weeds a little bit, and then go make it fit because this guy's head and shoulders better than the next best prospect. Or is it, I I have this system in mind that I want someone for the sake of argument. I need my guard to be excellent at the cone shuttle drill because he's going to be pulling a bleep ton or is getting out in, in space on screens and needs to be able to go quickly in short areas. Or I want the strongest dude possible to just push straight ahead like an ox. All these things are eye of the beholder variable stuff about what you're running. It's not just, this is the best player. He's going now. Okay, that sounds really good at the top, and you maybe figure it out with a quarterback or a wide receiver in that sort of nitty-gritty where rosters are made. we I mean, look at the success San Francisco has had, not just with first-rounders, but with everybody else, finding guys that fit and do their thing. The good organizations do that, whether it's Seattle, Baltimore, New England for some time was able to do it until they kind of fell off a cliff. But they were always there with, th- with guys that fit what they were doing.
3: Let's go to Mike in Haymarket on Grant and Danny. Mike, you are live on the fan. What do you want us to ask uh, Adam Peters?
1: Uh, well, you know, I I, I told your screener, I, you know, I wanted to ask uh, how come he's so good looking and how come I can't be. But uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the most part, I want I want to know, you know, what his interpretation or evaluation of, you know, the top three quarterbacks are and what does Sam Howell fit into that picture?
0: Appreciate you, dude. So. That's tricky, obviously, because he can't start going in depth on on the various prospects. We can sort of ask him in general, right? Where it's this is this is viewed as a, an exciting crop of quarterbacks. Is that some is that a view you share?
3: You know, how does kind of Sam Howell fit into your picture? I think we should ask the question yeah. and let him not answer it. Mm-hmm. But I do think, hey, would you mind giving us thoughts on the the big three quarterbacks in this class, or how much have you done on Williams? May and Daniels, and what do you make of that trio compared to a lot of years quarterback crops? and And if he he's I'm sure he'll say he's not going to go into the specifics because it doesn't really benefit him to give a lot of information on that. Did you see I like this guy a lot, but did you see what Quasi Adafo Menso, the general manager of the Vikings, said at the podium today? They were talking to him about uh, Justin Jefferson. yep. And the general manager of the Vikings said, I think Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the NFL and he should be paid like it. And then he doubled down in that answer and said, in fact, he's the best non quarterback in the league and he should be paid like it. Um, sir, you're the guy negotiating with the agent.
0: Just looking for my negotiating
3: leverage. That's Just got a lot easier for the agent <laughs> yeah. to go get him his thirty five million dollars a year. Now, maybe Quasi plans on giving it to him anyway, and he doesn't care. That is not generally the way the GM is going to operate. You, you don't want to hand over whatever leverage you're battling for. Sure. You know it, the, the GM of the Vikings literally yeah. said, "We're not trading him," and he should be the highest-paid receiver and the highest-paid non-quarterback.
0: I mean, it's not like an MLB arbitration hearing where you're going to list all the guy's wrinkles at the podium or anything like that. But there's a happy medium there to say we love Justin and we we hope to have him back instead of being like, "I can't wait to pay this
3: guy record money." <laughs> Hilarious. Mike is in Wheaton on the fan. Adam Peters in less than an hour. Mike, what do you want us to ask?
1: I want to make sure he his yardstick for measuring success is wins and not something like playing Maryland off against Virginia against d c for the best stadium and if his yardstick for success here is wins, I want to know where he what he expects of himself in three years and if he's not meeting that expectations, what should happen?
3: I like that. I'm going to write down yeah. goals kind of three and five years down the road. look. Here's the good news in terms of your fear about stadium stuff. I don't know Adam Peters that well personally yet. I've talked with him a little bit. I've known him as an evaluator cross-country for a long time. He does not care about the business side of this thing. I don't think he cares about FedEx versus RFK site versus National Harbor versus Loudoun County. He would not have come here if stadiums were that important to him. Mm-hmm. He left a new one. I the day I first met the guy and saw him in person was at FedEx Field when San Francisco came here and walloped the commanders. And I remember joking with you, Danny, the next day thinking, God, I hope he's not making his decision based on you know the suite that he was sitting in and the press box. And I mean, it's just not a good stadium. No. He's here to run a draft room, mm-hmm. to run free agency, and to try to win like he did in New England like he did in Denver, like he did in San Francisco. He's a football guy. Jason Wright, Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails. They got to do that other stuff. Those guys care about those things. But the GM, this is the beauty of it. I think people are kind of forgetting. Like we're not Ron, used
0: to what the structure is supposed to look like.
3: Ron did all of that stuff because he was in charge of everything and he, he picked what cups were going to be in the kitchen you know, and how many mugs they were going to have waiting on people to drink their coffee. It shouldn't go that way. Right. like. All of those things should go to other desks. Mm-hmm. You bring Peters, the thing where it says, hey, I got some tape for you to watch. Hey, here's a question about left tackle versus running back versus corner. That's what he does.
0: Precisely. So the one part of that question that we just got from from that caller that I like a lot is, what's success look like in year one? Yeah. You know what I mean? like Because it, he's talked about long-term an awful lot, and we're going to kind of play that off each other. I think it's the essential quandary for any GM. Right? do I do I cash in a couple of chips and go for it this year because we're close or am I thinking years down the line and you know for Rivera it always kind of changed he wanted more years to do this infinite long rebuild at a certain point you got to look at your watch and go okay now it's time for some results but people are pretty forgiving generally in year one of a new regime what's that look like in year one is it is it necessarily 11 12 wins and a playoff win or is it you know we've got identifiable talent for five six seven seasons
3: Adam Peters joining the show at 320 today. If you've got a question you want us to ask, you can feed it to us now on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. There have been some other big developing storylines out of Indianapolis from around the league today, and a star defensive player at a position of need for Washington was cut today. We'll get into that as we continue next on Grant and Danny. Reminder, we've got tickets to see Three Sheets to the Wind at Capital One Hall. We'll be giving those away ahead of the Beltway Blitz at 4 o'clock, coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes. Adam Peters is joining us. The GM and the Commanders will be on the phone with us. That is 35 minutes away, right at 3.20 on the nose. So make sure you're listening at that time. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murad, the official g d show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention us to get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Big day in the NFL with GMs and coaches speaking at the combine. So let's go around the league with some news and notes. Starting in Tampa, Danny, where sounds like the Bucks are making progress in trying to re-sign Mike Evans, the veteran wide receiver. 10 consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to Hole begin home. his career. Future Hall of Famer, nobody's ever done this before. ESPN's Jenna Lane says that the Bucks are getting closer to an extension. Their GM today, Jason Light, quoted as saying, we're going to do whatever we can to make sure he remains a Buck." He is
0: currently 33rd on the all-time receiving list, and with another season like he's had, I don't know, each of the first 10 years of his career, he'll be way up in possibly the teens or the low 20s after the season. As you said, Hall of Famer. Some Guys like this, they need to stay in their own organization. If I'm Tampa, I do whatever I have to. Even if he has lost a step, doesn't matter. He's doing it for me.
3: Another wide receiver in the news, Devontae Adams. Remember Tom Telesco was the GM of the Chargers fired last year? Mm-hmm. Quickly got another job in the division. He's the GM of the Raiders now. Kind of quirky. Uh, he was at the podium today, said that Devontae Adams is a Raider, will continue to be. Adams, at different points over the last couple seasons, whether it's just body language or what he said or hasn't said publicly, it just hasn't seemed like he was that happy. He went out there originally to be with his buddy Derek Carr, who was one of his good friends and college teammate. He's now gone. They don't really have a quarterback of the future. But post-Josh McDaniels getting fired, seemed like he had a new lease on life and things were looking up. I'd imagine, though, he's going to be putting the pressure on Telesco and company to upgrade the quarterback situation so that the prime of his career is not wasted as one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, he's a star. He is a star. Last year was a down year. Ask any fantasy owner of Devonta Adams. Let me guess, because I have no idea what he did. I- I'm assuming it was like 70 for 1080. 103 catches, 1144
0: yards, and eight touchdowns. Yeah, that's. And it, it was a down year. Like, because the it middle part like of he it. He was doing nothing. Yeah, the middle part of it, he wasn't. This guy's so great that we're so used to these absurd numbers. Two straight years of over 1,500 yards, 11 and 14 touchdowns, respectively, in both Green Bay and then uh, in a year that, frankly, Derek, had Derek Carr benched and removed from the organization. He still managed 1,516 yards and 14 touchdowns. What a superstar.
3: But it's squandered to a degree. We don't have a great situation around him. Been a lot of question about where Kirk Cousins is going to go this offseason. He is a free agent to be come March 11th one of the leading passers in Vikings history now, had 18 touchdowns and five picks, not even midway through the year, when he tore his Achilles last season, was on his way to a career year. Today, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings, was speaking with the media. He said the team is continuing to work to re-sign Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins wants to be a Viking, and we're going to make that happen. That's a pretty strong comment by O'Connell. He was also quoted by Pro Football Talk, as saying, I think we're headed toward a good place in negotiations. That sounds pretty encouraging for Minnesota keeping their starting QB. So I've thought all along that he was going to stay. That didn't seem to be the common pulse for a while. As
0: you know, the, the grass may be greener. There are a couple other spots that you know might make sense for him. It I don't want to say it had gone south with Minnesota, but just seemed like they might not be on the same page. Rhetoric all of a sudden now
3: seems like they're they're sitting at the table and, and getting along pretty well, right? Lastly. Jamison Williams, the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, according to Dan Campbell, said he is going to push to be a full-time starter in 2024. Looks like they have very lofty expectations for a breakout for the 22-year-old. I've said for a couple of years he was one of the great players in his draft class. There's no reason with Amon Ross St. Brown on the inside as a slot guy and their most targeted option that he can't become their ex and their most targeted receiver on the outside. Sounds like that's what they're going to try to accomplish. He's so fast.
0: I, I mean, I'm sure there may be guys that ran faster 40 times. I, I don't know. I know this. On the field, especially on that turf, nobody looks faster or more explosive than that guy. You've, there's got to be a way. So maybe it's the you know the fine-tuning of, of some of the route running and, and some of the things that he needs to add to his game. I know this. I would keep finding ways to get the football into that guy's hands as explosive as he is.
3: Busy day at the Combine. There are some of your news and notes from the NFL. Ellis waiting in D.C. Ellis, you got a question you want us to ask Adam Peters. Yes, sir. How's it going, guys? How are you? Good, buddy. Doing well, man. I mean, everybody wants to know about Trey Lance and what he thought about that trade. What I want to know is what was his evaluation
1: of Brock Purdy? What did he love about Brock Purdy? And what
3: uh, what qualities that Brock have that Trey Lance didn't have? That's what I want to know. I think those are great questions. And maybe they will come up, depending on how the conversation goes. The only hesitation I have about asking those questions is that in his big presser today with media members from all over the country, and it was very broad, brushed, not a lot came out of it. He was at His first question he was asked was about Purdy. And he was also asked soon thereafter about Lance as well. So because we've heard his answers, and I can play them for you later in the show if you're curious, but the cliff notes were that they didn't think Purdy was going to be nearly as good as he was or they would have drafted him earlier. And in Lance's case, I'm mean, he i putting words in his mouth, but what he said in a lot more words was just because he hasn't been that good yet yeah, doesn't mean in another situation he couldn't have been. Um, I, I'm not sure if I want to double-click on that, But if it comes up, I think those are relevant questions. Here's why, Danny. It is instructive to see what he's gotten right and wrong at the quarterback position, not Mm -hmm. that those were solely his picks, as it pertains to taking a QB at two this year. Absolutely.
0: I mean, again, what lessons learned? How do we apply that going forward? That was a moonshot, right, where a guy that played at a lower college level, plus pandemic, we don't have the chance to interview people the same way. There's a whole lot of variable there. They took a swing at it. It didn't hit. They still go to the NFC title game whenever their guys are healthy.
3: ESPN. Took a stab at predicting every team's starting quarterback in week one next year. How about the Commanders? Who do they have? We'll get into that next on The Fan. Adam Peters in about 25 minutes.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.